Barry, the irritating guy? No, I, I'm calling bullshit on that. I know, it's hard to believe. Very difficult. It's hard to believe. I'm a delight. <laughs> You're a dill something. <laughs> In micro doses. Delight, not micro doses. <laughs> micro doses. Well, mm-hmm. I, my answer has not changed. <laughs> Just say it, Kirsten. Like groove is in the heart? <laughs> Thanks, now that's in my head. Groove's You're welcome. Heart. Remember, what, what's <laughs> yeah. her, what was her name from, from D-Light? Uh, oh, God. Lady Miss Cure. I don't know why I know that. I'm impressed that you know it. Yeah. I'm not. It just, <laughs> when you remember shit like that, it pisses me off. Because I'm oh, like, yeah? you, he you won't remember, remember obscure shit. And you don't remember <laughs> to pay bills. Or to call me when I ask you to. Or, you know, take the trash out. Those things. Oh, wow. The vein is popping out. I know. Yikes. Yikes. Would you like to know the code to Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out for the Nintendo? (laughs) Think happy thoughts. 007-373-596. You guys need a new segment. This week in uh, Deb and Barry's uh, counseling. Oh, yeah. Everybody drink. (laughs) It's it's not an official segment, but it's been part of the show for a while now. (laughs) Well, I mean, having lived with Barry for three months, I totally understand Deb's frustrations. <laughs> wow. You know what? Uh, I ask him to do simple things like them? just clean the, the freaking uh, cast iron skillet when you're done hey, using hey, it. Hey, 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 defending Barry here. I saw your house before they got here. You shut up. The cast iron. <laughs> I was going to, I, I have to admit, I have to admit, it's like you told Barry to clean the something in the kitchen. I got home the other day, complete <laughs> fire hazard. There was oil everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Including on Barry. He was like, hey, Jeff, <laughs> come here. <laughs> bam, 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 Jeff bam, bam. I'm getting ready to play Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 627. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Map. Flarg. Norwegian Professor Biggs. Oh, my. And Deb. Oh, God. And, and we're here to talk week and geek and suffer through whatever oh, God. Steve's got to do today. That sounded so. French. King Falk. King Falk gave me. No. Well, all right. Then I need to work on it. But it does have that same R sound in it. Okay. It does have an ass sound to it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. No, King Falk gave me homework and said, you need to do this. I don't know if it's a working wow. for him. But you know, the man has a it's twitch. It's He's a twitch where he plays Skyrim. So you can listen to him and maybe kind of do an impression. He sent me videos. Jens, Jens He's talking Stoltenberg. in Norwegian, isn't it's, he? It's, it's starting to sound a little more German, though. Yeah. It, that's because Norwegian is a German language. Germanic language. Yeah. It's got a lot of the same... Norwegian uh, sounds just like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. It almost sounds like that if you go, if an English speaker is from more of the north of Norway, but if it's from Oslo... Then it's more like this. And then, of course, sometimes they hardly have any accents at all. Okay, okay. This homework, mm-hmm. how long do you have to do it? I, I don't know. He just wanted me to do <laughs> The entire show? How about uh, five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> and we're already six minutes into it? Yeah. <laughs> I could stop. I could stop. Anytime yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what they I all want. say. I just don't want to. <laughs> but I could anytime. 
And thank you, Shock Monkeys and Geek Shock listeners, for tuning in to this episode. And thank you, Kofi members, for supporting the show. We couldn't do it without you. Now, we do have a, uh, speaking of Kofi members, a, uh, it's, it's, uh, somehow it works with what's happening with Steve here. Uh, Leon Mitt used his, one of his ads for the month. Here it is. Have you ever wanted to speak with a Norwegian accent? No. Now you can impress all your Viking friends with Kay's Norwegian Accent Masterclass. Yeah. Use the unique process painstakingly perfected over 50 minutes by renowned <laughs> linguist Commander Kay. Mm. Learn phrases like, oh yeah, you gotta read this part. Yeah, there's no bl- bad clothing, just bad weather. And? I almost hit a polar bear while skiing to work today. Yeah. <laughs> No books, writing, or memorization needed. In just a few simple steps, you too can pretend you aren't from a shithole country. So grab your brown cheese, mackerel, and sign up today. Blame Leon Mitt. Very nice. Very, very nice. Shithole country. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I totally what are agree these you talking about? Something no. tells me Norway disagrees with you. <laughs> Didn't you say that... It's so that us Americans can pretend we're from a cool yes. country. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Not from a shithole country. That, right. no, yes. that is the Which we are clearly that in. I got. Yes, yes we are. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, w- w- friends and Barry, yeah, when, did, when did you do this week? <laughs> well, absolutely know, nothing. Okay, nothing. out of we, the way. We all did nothing. None of us. <laughs> well, that's going to make this segment go. <laughs> More than half of us at this table did something together. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay, what what did you do together? We played together. Yeah, you know what? Before I say that, I just want to thank uh, Leon Mitt on Andy's behalf. Oh. Uh, he got him a bottle of the Kraken Attacks Las Vegas. Oh, mm. nice. fantastic. Limited edition, 94 proof black rum. It's just beautiful. I and it's a special Las Vegas edition. They got a few different editions for different states, but Las Vegas gets its own because we're special. Thank yeah. you, Leon. I, I look forward to drinking that in Andy's honor. Yeah. <laughs> you, you Andy, it tastes to, wonderful. You weren't supposed to announce that on the podcast because Andy listens to the podcast. We so when he comes s- back and the bottle is empty, now he's going to know who <laughs> drank it. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, Andy. But we played D&D. You played D&D. Yes. D&D. Uh, now, this wasn't a Kofi thing. This was just here yeah. at the table. No, yeah. this was just a crew. We just okay. threw something together and oh, got okay. together. Yeah. On this very table? No. No. Oh. Matt and Paulette. All over oh. this very table. It was Matt and Paulette. Yeah. And Casa de Matt. De I'm sorry. Casa de Meg. Casa de Meg on the pub table. And pub Kirsten chair. ran it. And I ran it. And basically, it was just the, let's smash Barry's character. That's right. That's all it was. <laughs> I, I, Barry irritated me, so I hit him with a grudge dragon. That was only after they got hit by the grudge gnomes. That wait, were wait, also wait. on Drake's. Barry irritated you? I, don't, I call bullshit once yeah. more. Wait, wait, a grudge dragon? Yeah. It's a dragon you hit people when you're angry at. Oh, okay. So a gnome died and cursed something, and this dragon appeared. <laughs> Okay. He, he, he made a curse, and the dragon appeared. And, and Barry ran like a bitch. Yeah. Well, it's a dragon. It's a dragon. <laughs> three head, three, three heads. heads. And, and a, a gargantuan, right? Yeah. yeah. Gargantuan. Well, I mean, it's not a D&D standard dragon. It so was, it's a three-fifths of Tiamat. It was a, yeah. yeah, it was a McFarlane dragon's special. Oh. It was, yeah. it was ginormous. And it was really funny, because when I got there... I hadn't told him what was coming, and Barry's like, look what I got! And he throws down the new Dreconomicon, and I looked it up, the and I'm like, The Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. There it's you really go. Cool. And I, I was like, ooh, and I flip, 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 ooh, Draco Hydra, this is perfect. So I just took that, 
And I, I just factored out two Cut heads. Cut my own switch. There you, yeah. <laughs> it's better that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, we'll make characters, then we'll play. And Barry's all like, no, we make characters at, uh, away. We don't make it there. It's a waste of time. It turned into a fight through the day, like 36 the messages. Text, yeah. text it was really funny like, because Barry's talking about how the rest of us are too low intellectually to actually create characters yep. fast. Yep. That is I not mean, that is actually what I say said. That. And Matt actually like didn't say anything. You know, Paulette was just like, it's fun to make characters. And Mary's like, nope. No, it's not. It it's is. Not I love the, the process. It's great. But is it a group process? No, I, I've never seen it as a group process. Right. There well, you go. That's what they do. Oh, yeah, okay. And, that's what we do. And Lewis and Matt and Paul, that's what they okay, do. Okay, so, yeah. so you kind of, you're, you're not just forming a character, you're trying to form a cohesive party. That's correct. Well, you know, Barry doesn't do that. I... I like I making characters. I don't like making them in groups. And actually, and and I, I'm with Barry on this one. I think well, wow, that that hurt to okay. say. It did. Uh, don't have a drink, but puke something I, up. I would rather spend the time playing. Yes. If it's a one shot, I'd rather spend the time playing. Getting through more than one encounter there. Uh, okay. It was a long encounter. It was. I, it was a know, dragon. Many gnomes died. Yes, lots of gnomes. And what what kills Kay? Is that just like the last time when I was playing uh, with Kofi uh, members, uh, I, I just dodged and ran and yeah. wasn't able to hit. Yeah. Yeah. This time. Is that he, your new style? He did greater invisibility. And I actually had a sorcerer assassin who had two jobs creep up on Barry's character and kill him, or, or counterspell. Oh. And I totally flubbed. Uh, his perception check, so he didn't notice Barry casting the greater invisibility, so Barry got away with it. Barry got away with it, just kind of just the name of his life. Yeah. And then he just, he I'll would run that. in and out, and I'm rolling, and I roll good perception checks to chase him down, but then he continues running, and it's running around. Then there were a couple of interesting rounds where we whiff-whiffed, invisible fought each other. That was fun. That oh, was fun. That was a fun bit. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, Matt is just like, what's going on? And he's facing off against the veteran gnome warrior with a giant maul. And, uh, oh, god damn it. And then Paulette just totally ganked me. Because I, I had a gnome berserker woman. But before, you know, gnomes, right? They're tiny. They're small. So. I don't know about tiny, but small. <laughs> so I, I made a show of saying she pulls out a potion, pops the cork, and drinks it down. and gets all buff. and uh, It was a potion of storm giant strength. Okay. So I was going to be smacking wow. them with like plus, you know, 10 damage and shit like that. And Paulette goes, I cast hold person. <laughs> and I totally, I totally fuck. I totally fucked the save. And then my berserker is sitting there. <laughs> totally like held. Three rounds was like three rounds. Three rounds. Yeah. It took me forever to break it. Your, your DM uh, style uh, sounds very adversarial. <laughs> You yeah. know, <laughs> both him and Barry. Barry brings it out of me. So, you know, him calling Matt and Paulette stupid was just, just call offended me so badly. Oh, shut up. I was so upset on their behalf. You needed an excuse to try and target. And, you know, he's sitting there. He's like, uh, my character's name is Finger First Last. And he what? rolls his own cigs and hates little folk. See? I created that character sitting here over <laughs> breakfast. 
I invite you to do the same. It's like <laughs> he did actually that. Say I that. actually yes. said, and I was just like, "Oh, good, you 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 did ten dollar improv over breakfast on a text." Yeah, but I got the character done, didn't I? Uh, yeah, about an hour after I arrived. Mm, yeah, yes, it was yeah. about an hour after. That's, That's right. fine. And everyone else, <laughs> That's if they fine. if they had to make their characters from scratch, we would still be waiting oh. days later and, for them to be and done. having fun doing it. Eh. <laughs> I was fully prepared to have my You're character full of done something. and then say, all right, Deb, let's play a game. Let's play a card game by ourselves uh-huh. while these And then you schmucks. went, oh, wait, he's not fifth level. He's 10th. It didn't take long for Ooh, me to uh. level him up, did it? How many? Okay, I took a bunch of good spells. I really only took one real good offensive spell. And you know the one. The only yeah. one anyone needs. Really? Yeah. Fireball. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. when you're fighting dragons. Everyone else. Well, oh, that's then. okay. The, 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 you know, the fireballs that they, they were doing all right. That's why I had Cloud Kill and Banish and a couple other fun ones. But Steve and Kirsten fi- fail their saving throw versus Fireball every single time. What? Yeah. That's true. What? That's true. What is this? <laughs> What's this Fireball you be no, talking geez. about, eh? <laughs> no. That's my Canadian sweet. <laughs> that, wow. Eh? That is horrible. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> You should take some classes. Wait, how many I Canadian should, yeah. Swedes do you know, Matt? <laughs> yeah, Matt. You meet them all in Florida? Hmm? Huh? <laughs> I was talking to my friends the other day. One guy uh, on this Discord of mine actually talks about how he, when he orders a lot of used books, mm-hmm. he'll go to Amazon.Canada because even with shipping, a lot of the older books will be cheaper. Because uh, he's like, I guess our northern neighbors don't know what they got up there. <laughs> and someone really? was just like, Ah, oh, yeah, I love Amazon. A. <laughs> Can you really order the uh, like the D D books cheaper up in Amazon? I don't know com? about that. This is used books. This is used books. Oh, yeah. I would like to say though that Lenault, my character, uh, <laughs> killed a lot of, of creatures. I did. She killed a dragon. Then I, I had cleaned a no- up the, the I had a order. no monk woman ready for Deb. I'm like, we're gonna, we are gonna, it's, we're gonna trade it off. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no. Totally whipped her. I think <laughs> that whole game, I lost maybe 15 hit points. Wait a second. You killed the dragon and this- No, no, no. A dragon. A, a dragon. Yeah, not the big dragon. Not the no. big guy. Oh, there were, there were multiple dragons. Yes. Right. So the gnomes came in riding on- I call them drakes because they were smaller, they but were they're the still no- dragons. They were the gnome dragon riders of Gnomistan. Barry, you were right to run away. Yeah. <laughs> Tactical, man. I- and let me just say- that the gnome and dragon jerky oh, jerky oh. salesman oh. Okay. had a field day. Oh, I'm, yeah. com- I'm compassionate. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Okay. Dude, that actually sounded a little T'Challa. <laughs> oh. Todd signs an executive order that no more accents on the show. No matter what game we play, Steve always plays a weird, crazy NPC, and he does an amazing yeah. job. Yeah. Well, he, came, he, he was on his way up from California, so I was like, well... We're playing at Paulette and Matt, so come over here. And then when he got here, I just wrote down some stats and threw it at him. And after <laughs> that guy died, I gave him stats for the guy he was improvising and was collecting dragon jerky from carcasses. Oh, yes, yeah, so we're all battle. battling around, and he's just running out, and he's yeah. just carving, carving meat off the dead dragons. <laughs> Always had, the capitalist. Had his ha- happy, happy whistle. <laughs> 
Whistle while you slay. Well, that was a heck of a thing you did. I know. I was disappointed. I had one great moment when Barry ran for cover and he entered a building and there was a whole halfling family. And I was like, next round. This is going to be awesome. And then Barry ran out of the building. (laughs) I couldn't detail the gruesome death of the halfling family as the dragon pursued him into the building. I just piss all over your joy. It was terrible. (laughs) I'll get him. Oh, yes. I will get him. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, Speaking of getting him. (laughs) I can't wait to hear this. I want to put a thank you to all you shock monkeys out there. Uh, We did the the, uh, donation matching for Michael Johnson's Mother's Chemotherapy Fund. And you guys matched it in 24 hours. You, you did it. So uh, we've already released the matched funds to him. So, uh, Michael, I hope everything works out. And again, thank you to everybody who donated to this. You Absolutely. You blow us away every single time. Thank you, guys. And, of course, all the best to Michael's mom. Yes. Yes. Getting better. Speedy recovery. Fuck cancer. Damn right. Yep. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Well, uh, Star Trek Discovery started back up. Um, I'm enjoying where they're going with the, the season so far. Okay, this is the mid-season startup, right? Yes. Okay, so. Yeah, because they had the weird, for whatever reason, mid-season break. I think it was just to try to avoid, because they shoot all of the episodes in one block, but they don't always, they always take like a winter break. Even though they don't need to, all the episodes are in the can. They need to shoot the creators all in one block with the new Star Dragon. And I I know what I discovered watching that. What what, what, What was that? Kathleen Kennedy's son. (laughs) (laughs) She and Alex Kurtzman are sitting there. Oh my god, yeah, I just hate those people. So yeah. Go ahead, so yeah, Jeff. that's yeah. that started back up. Uh, I've been. Yeah, I, you push through. You try right. to make, you try to push through this. <laughs> Can we talk for a minute okay. about the Ferengi's ears? There's a fer- This is why no big pointy? spoiler. There's a Ferengi. Yeah, why are they pointy? What? I almost oh wondered God. if they were like a subspecies of something. Are they related? Like, they did a Vulcan Listen, get guys. together with a Ferengi? Oh, hot Listen, damn. guys. They have Zindi in the show that I call him Klingon. Uh, so what the fuck do you? <laughs> what the hell do you think? <laughs> what do you got? Well, they're 932 years further into the future That's than, true. than That's true. the last, the 32nd century. So Steve has his hand raised. Although yeah. are, are, you, yes. like, are you like trying to get witnessed or something? Is this like a Mr. church Biggs, revival? Yes. Yeah. I, can, so, I guess I yield my time to Mr. Biggs, <laughs> Professor Biggs. Wow. You know? I, I, yes. The real world explanation is, yes. as oh, we oh, have oh. talked many, many times, is all of Michael Westmore's Makeup designs are copyrighted by Michael Westmore. If you want to use those Ferengi designs, you have to pay Michael Westmore. They have a makeup designer on the show, so why are you going to pay two makeup designers, one of whom is just kicking back in Cancun somewhere? Oh, shit. What is his name, too? He was on... uh, Michael Westmore. (laughs) No, no, the current one, um, because he was also on... But that's uh, why the changes are there. Face Off, Mm. the the sci-fi series... Uh, it's not so jarring that it takes me completely out of it. No, that's it's, it's subtle changes. Noticeable. But I worry. Yeah, they're all when, noticeable. Like how is make them different than Majel gonna give umox to a Ferengi <laughs> with pointed ears? Yeah, it'll hurt. Oh, well, Boink mm. prick. No, that's they were those, more jagged. Little pricks on those ears. That's, that's yeah. like a Ferengi uh, clitoris <laughs> uh, up there. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I know. That works. Well, that's what he's getting at. Yes. Yeah. Do you? Do you, Steve? Do you want to go down on a pointy clitoris? I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at least I'd be able to find it. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> wow. 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 I know. I know. So, I, I don't so even know where to go from there. <laughs> Steve sitting here with Google Maps. All right. Um, just let that one go. Geek Shock does not Basically, endorse the yeah. opinions of the Professor So anyway, keep watching Discovery. It's it's good. Um, <laughs> Peacemaker season finale yeah. was, was really good. That was fun. I think we're going to save the majority of what I will say for this spoiler talk. Um, which we will have coming up soon. Um, and then the last one I want to talk about is the movie I just watched, which was The Kingsman, which is the the third in the Kingsman trilogy, even though it's a prequel, starring Ray Fiennes. Uh, is it Gemma or Gemma? I think Artisan. it's Gemma. Gemma Artis. Art- Art- did you go see it, or did, is it on? It's on. It's streaming on uh, HBO Max right now. Yes. Really? It just. I. I don't know which day this week it popped in, but I saw that it was in there, and I guess I guess just dismissed it, thinking that it was the rental price. But when I actually clicked on the ways to watch today, it said it was on. Um, uh, I think it was on both Hulu and HBO Max. So I just went nice. in and watched it on Max. I want to see that. Fun movie about the origins of the the Kingsman and and um, I hesitate to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil it because it well it, I have it a question have, for you that's yeah. not spoilery uh-huh. uh, when I first saw the advertisement for oh, the, the, uh, the Kingsman the advertisement was the trailer whatever was like very serious it oh, wasn't God. like tongue in yeah. cheek fun. Like uh, the first two Kingsman movies. The ads in the trailers definitely didn't do it justice because I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing the trailer in the theater and going, wow, I really liked those first two movies. But this makes serious. me not want to see it at all. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, it's worth checking out, especially is it if you fun. Yes, like it, those? It, has, it has some serious moments, obviously, just like the, the first two films, but it has some, some light moments too, some fun moments. So it's it, not it, as light as the other two. It's, it's uh, not. It's actually. not, but it still has those elements, even like in the fight scenes and stuff, or mostly like post-fight scenes, like when they're having their, their little comedic moment that you yeah. are want to do in, in action movies these days. But uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, the Kingsman, uh, it's on both Hulu and HBO Max, although I would probably recommend watching it on HBO Max if you have the, <laughs> the ad version of Hulu, because it makes you watch like 90 seconds of ads before the movie starts. <laughs> Once the movie starts, there's no interruption. It goes straight through um, without any ad breaks. Yeah. But we have the yeah. ad-free version of Hulu. But uh, but yeah, if you've got HBO Max, definitely watch it on HBO Max because you just right, launch right into it. Yeah. I I can I can again I can deal with ninety seconds of ads before an hour and a half movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, that that's not as annoying as like the regular Hulu stuff when you're oh, yeah. watching um, a a series on Hulu and you'll get like ten minutes followed by the 80 seconds of ads that you can't skip, and then suddenly you only get like five more minutes of the show and then an ad break. Oh, I'll tell Paramount you what's aggravating. Plus. Yes. Yeah. They're Param- horrible. Like, And it's like 120-second mm-hmm. ad breaks, and they always do one right at the end, and almost always it's you're coming back to credits. Both both Paramount <laughs> yeah. Plus and Hulu now with the ad stuff. to watch credits. It sucks that they keep showing the same ad block too. Yeah. yeah. That's where yep. it, it annoys me. It's because it's like 
I already if saw you're gonna, this. Three if you're going to make me, yeah, if you're going to make me watch it, show me something new. Uh, in fact, even YouTube is doing that now. I have literally had to, and I keep forgetting that you could do this, but I remembered recently. You can go in and do the skip ad and tell why, and it's and if you put repetitive in there, oh. that's supposed to adjust the algorithm to not always give you the exact same ad. They say that if you repeat an ad like five or six times, you're never going to forget it. And I know this is certain because, <laughs> uh, well, A, because I've lived through Paul on this show. Well, uh, and true. the 80s. Yeah. And the All 80s, of us yeah. with the 80s, yeah. And uh, do you remember... You lived here for a bit before. Do you remember the swap meet yeah. at Rancho in Washington? Yes. Rancho in Washington. And the ad went like this. Rancho in Washington. Swap meet. You should go to the something something swap meet at Rancho in Washington. That's at Rancho in Washington. You should go to Rancho in Washington. Rancho in Washington. Rancho in Washington. You should go to Rancho in Washington. Oh, my God. <laughs> you will never forget where it was. It was at Rancho in Washington. But what is at Rancho in Washington? The swap meet at Rancho in Washington. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of ad breaks, don't forget to tune in to Kirk K's Swedish. It's a good story. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell is it? <laughs> what was going you, on You there? didn't say it five times, so I didn't remember. Ad. Lean yeah. Yeah. Norwegian. Well, I know, but it's, uh, the oh, yeah, it's Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Utter. Wow. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, so the our class is being held at Rancho in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so really not a good place to be if you're in Vegas. But Kingsman is they also have fun with uh, history. Yeah. Yeah. What time, like what time period is it? Uh, Eight set o'clock. in the early, uh, early 1900s. Yeah. Uh, I think it was what, 1902? Is so when it starts. Queen Victoria and then, is still alive. And then it yeah. goes into World War One. The World War One stuff is where okay. it really kind of starts to yeah. take off. But they deal with Rasputin. They deal with right. <laughs> I actually liked the Rasputin segment. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. There's a character in um, oh, the Great in the Great that every time I see him, I'm like Rasputin. He's Rasputin. He looks like every depiction that you've ever thought of of Rasputin. He's not, but he looks just like. Okay, what'd you do this week? Well, I launched the Norwegian training sessions for oh, no. <coughs> Norwegian <migrated>. accent. <laughs> how's, that, how's that going for you? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> a lot of people seem to already know Norwegian because they don't get too many customers. <laughs> Maybe someday we will. But they get a lot of cruise guests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I ran a thing at D&D, tried to kill Barry. Didn't. Well, multiple times. I was actually kind of busy uh, uh, putting together. Barry gives me homework. Okay. Put together writing samples so I can get them, get her, and get you a job. And put together a resume. Put together another resume. So I'm, I'm like running around doing stuff like that. That, <laughs> that, that sounds important to me. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's important, but annoying and interfering with life. Um, yes, as work does. And yes. I hate it. Oh, yeah. work, you know. It wouldn't be so bad if it didn't cut into your day. I know. So I, you know, and that was why we didn't uh, D and D this uh, this weekend, gang. So we'll, I mean, because I just threw together this thing. But roll twenty, you can't even throw together. No, you, you have gotta, to pre map everything. And, yeah, yeah. So I'll get that going though. I, uh, one thing I was following up on, I did binge Peacemaker because of Steve. Steve makes things like that happen. Uh, we tried to watch a Blu-ray of Silent Running that had oh. no picture. It was weird. Oh, sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Sound, no picture. We put it in, and like, you know, the, 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 the menu screen comes up, and okay. you hear, the, you, wow, 
silent running score. Woo! That is, it's just atrocious 70s folk music. Oh, my and God. it's just like, oh, <laughs> God damn. So this music's playing, and you get play, set up, one other thing, and that's it. And I'm like, ooh, that's a very minimalist menu. Nice. Okay, so play movie. And then we sit there. And listen to some lovely Peter Shickley music score. Yeah. And no image. And I'm like, and I'm like, is, I don't remember. Does this thing have an overture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm looking at Steve like, please clarify. Like the first time you pop in the Star Trek, the motion picture VHS, and you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, yeah, at yeah. least they had the star field going so you know that right. something was happening. Right. Well, and I was hitting chapter search. I was hitting speed up. Uh, we got another Blu-ray, put it in there, and it worked fine. Uh, oh, we we did get the visual of the warning, you know. Yeah, wow. The the the, the FBI, copyright. FBI has yeah. on your door, the sucking you. So you're gonna send back the defective disc? Uh, well, I'm gonna have to get hold of Acorn that, and go. What's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> and we even I was like, well, hang on, let me check something. Nope, Region A. Yeah. It's, it was very strange. I so. have a question about that FBI warning. Now, Remember oh, oh, in you, you, right room for this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, um, some somewhere, Aaron the, is is listening, and she'll she'll probably write in and yes. correct, correct anything what you say that's stupid, uh-oh, right? Uh-oh. No, she really won't. Oh, okay. It's not for this. Um, do you remember playing video games in the arcade in the early 90s, and they'd have, like, the FBI warning in the, in the front of the, the game? Yeah. We're in an arcade, putting quarters in a machine. Why do you need an FBI warning? I don't remember an FBI warning. I do remember the don't do drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I do too, but I don't remember. I remember an FBI warning. Maybe Barry thought that don't do drugs was well, from the FBI. It Maybe it's because they knew that you were <laughs> yeah. causing problems. Yeah. yeah. A guilty conscience needs no accuser. If it was uh, that quarter with the string on it. <laughs> <laughs> if dad taught me about that. <laughs> it's called a slug. <laughs> put a string on that thing and just put it up and down and get was all the free there, games you want. Was there a middle-aged dude that I was always play a game beside you? Hey there, young lad. Uh, you want to play Immortal Street Fighter Galaga? <laughs> Have you ever seen a Street Fighter naked? <laughs> it's the undercover guy. Okay. Safe. He doesn't know what he's doing. Wow. Say, fellow kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fellow kid. Yeah, well, you never see yes, them. Yes, and because- yes, I am the same age as you. Yes. The, the local police keep arresting those guys as pedophiles, and they're like, no, I'm FBI. I'm the undercover. You're in jail, pervert. Shut up. No, no, I'm trying. Uh, there's a crime How did wave. We get to this? You asked. You asked. It's all you, buddy. <laughs> you asked about the FBI pedophiles. Maybe I am remembering that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense time. now. <laughs> that would not be the first time. <laughs> I, I should have listened when they said, don't do drugs. <laughs> I think it's more of the headaches, probably. Oh. Well, there's drugs involved there, too. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Alta Fox, an investment company, right, mm-hmm. is actually trying to is pitch this campaign to spin off Wizards of the Coast from Hasbro. Wait, what? Really weird shit. Ulta Fox is an investment company. They have 2.5% stake in Hasbro. Okay. But but that's not huge. But it is in the top 10. Okay. And you, you know, if you're a shareholder, you can propose, you can propose stuff. You're a shareholder. You can always propose stuff. And they're proposing adding members to the board of directors. And I think some of them are people from Alta Fox, 
who really like how D&D is doing. And because uh, apparently the D&D in its unit, as a, the uh, unit housing, is doing better than most of uh, Hasbro's other stuff. Which is slightly dropping in stock price, but not severely. Better than Magic? Um, well, Magic is part of that housing. Okay. Yeah, it's Wizards of the Coast. That, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, they're, these guys are like trying to spin off. They're, they're like campaigning to spin off Watsi because they're like, you could probably double the valuation if you spun off Watsi as its own thing, which is funny because... Uh, comments I've seen is like I don't see Hasbro letting go of Watsy. No, that's no. yeah. Because what is Hasbro? I mean, besides toys, what else are they? Are they really doing anything big? Board right games, now? Well, some well, video games. They're also doing brand blueprint in terms of like the D and D movie, TV show. They're using that IP. Got it. So and and you know so it it was very interesting because uh, uh, one of the videos I was watching also talked about what is looking like. Uh, D&D's future, what Watsi's planning, which is very digital, very mobile um, oriented. Oh, and that pushing makes sense. You can make a lot more money off of that. Yeah. Than... Create your own platform type thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and um, I mean, like we talked about Astral Tabletop saying, uh, oh, we surrender because that was on the heels of Watsi announcing that they're planning some kind of uh, virtual tabletop of their own. And and to compete directly with Roll Twenty and I, I guess Madison so. Grants, Maybe you know? they should just hire the people from Astral because I really yeah that interface was just easier to do on the fly. Well, yeah, I, I mean that's one of the comments about Astral is like its asset is that it gets all the D and D digital, so you have it all. Yeah, but really, that's the major asset. It's uh, it you you can learn to use it. But it's not intuitive. It's not pick oh, it up and 20. get going. That's roll twenty. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, roll twenty. Uh, but a lot of talk was uh, focusing on the the mobile gaming thing. Hmm. So some kind of mobile uh, approach or a number of mobile approaches. So it'll be very interesting. And then of course D and D announced like a five point five in a few years. They're going to be uh, not quite revising the rules but there are a lot of rules changes they've made like how they've altered uh making uh, races uh you know like adjusted the racial scores and stuff like that and they're yeah. going to be folding that into a new set of core rule books where it's all like right there as opposed to and before the man babies say anything about <laughs> Changing the rules. Believe me, I was the first to say, "Why are they going to do that?" And then every, then all the races are going to be the same. Well, you know what? You can ignore those rules. You can ignore them anyway. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, it's like uh, for a lot of people. Um, I mean, it's really funny. Uh, there are different types of people coming in D and D because there are a lot of people who come in uh, liking that aesthetic, but not really caring or or considering the. Uh, the uh, racial abilities or special features of that type of thing. And so, you know, they want to be like, you know, for example, I wouldn't mind being an anthro cat, you know, cat man, a tabaxi, right? But I want to be a big buff tiger man. And tabaxi, it's plus two decks and plus yeah, one. Yeah, they're better for agility yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're more yeah. agility mm -hmm. focused. So, you know, now, of course, they have the Leonin, but that's in another campaign, blah, blah, blah. But now I could do something like that. And I think a lot of people 
coming into D&D now, that's sort of what they kind of want. They, yeah, wanted- they have this vision in their head of what they want to play, and yeah. they don't want to have to worry about, well, the racial benefits aren't there for, the, for sure. what you want to play. One of the things I agree with that, too, is that it's funny how D&D will style itself as, hey, it's open, you create, you be this. and But there are assumptions made about certain character races, certain character classes, and so on and so like forth. Like goblins. Yeah, goblins. Uh, you know what Gygax used to say about half orcs and stuff like that. It's it's like they're you know that you're teetering on the edge of evil and stuff. And and they also wanted it in the early days to be very human centric. That's why you know you had plus two, plus one, minus two to something, and on the non-human races and all those adjustments and things and drawbacks and level limitations and stuff. And now it's open, and I. I've always said I like the Star Wars Cantina D&D aesthetic, so I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Let's do it. Let's just... I mean, do we even have, like, the campaign we've been running for so long, do we even have a human? We don't have a human, do we? We, we don't have a yeah. human. I'm like, oh, TC. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. you're the only one. Which yeah. stands for Todd's character, because when Andy right. took it over, no one we couldn't remember, remember his, name. his name. Yeah, Todd couldn't remember his name. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd was human because, you know, he's an iconoclast and he rebels, so. But know. we all remember your, you had a half-orc before that, right? Yes. Gert. Yes. Gert. Gert. Knox the Gert Falls. Gert. Mm. You deliberately did uh, a non-optimized, uh, speaking of racial, racial ability adjustments and stuff, you deliberately went for a non-optimized bard. Yeah, half-orc bard, yeah. Yeah. But he was fun. It worked. Yeah. And then, and then he... Uh, he got his brains were sucked out by yep, uh, yes. illicit. One That's day. exactly what happened. Nat twenty. Yeah. That was a tasty little snack. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so the 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 fight there is interesting. People talking about that and also what wizards' goals are. It'll be interesting to see where it goes in the future. Yeah, character so. creation. You as a, as a D, as a DM who always you runs hate. rules as written. <laughs> I can I can ignore. The uh, strict regulations on character creation. Yeah. You, you could sit there and you could say, I mean, with the new rules, say, when they make the agenda, you could sit there and say, well, in my campaign world, halflings are always plus two decks and plus one yeah. wisdom. You know, you could, and you know, you just like go- I say, fuck halflings. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. As long as you're even across the board with everyone at the table, sure. then fine. You Unless know, it's Barry, that. then it's Unless like, it's me, apparently. Yeah. Everyone rolled for Negative their characters, five. but I gave Barry standard array. Oh. <laughs> you still couldn't kill me. Yeah. Well, it well, helps you know. to run away. Yes, yeah. really. And, you know, cast guard invisibility and stay invisible. Yeah. It, it, oh, wow. I guess it's not so bad to be smart at this game. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, smarter than Paulette and Matt and me and everyone else. Well, you're you? setting that bar real low. <laughs> Wow. See, and there's Matt, all silent, letting me do all the you fighting. You can hit him. Listen, you got to consider the source. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> no. Eat your mm-hmm. cooking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. There he is, being like Canada, all neutral. But I will run rules as written. I don't like when people screw with those. Oh, man. When I said you could take a, a potion as a bonus action. The lo- look at him. Look it. at him. He shakes. He, he visibly shakes. You're literally screwing the, table. the rules up. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, That's and then I cast, then I cast Fireball, and I didn't know that he's running minions as oh they save and they don't take any damage. <laughs> yeah, well that's are not- you kidding me? He ran Fourth Edition. He knows how minions work. I do. It's too bad we're not playing Fourth Edition. What? I'm using Fourth Edition minions. Homebrew. 
If yeah. I knew, I wouldn't cast Fireball because that would be a waste of a spell. If See, they I... fail, they're all dead. How are you wasting anything? Because I... half of them didn't <laughs> fail. They had one hit point. Doesn't matter. All all that needed to happen was Deb go in there and multi-attack. I would have saved that fireball punch, for something else. Punch, punch, See, punch him with a lit match. And I prefer to cast Tennessee Fire, but that's just me. Uh, yes, you do. You absolutely do. <laughs> Steve, what did you do this week? Um, well, <clears throat> uh, I yelled at my, at, the, at my phone in the car a couple of times what? from last week's episode. Why? Why, Why on earth I'll, would you yell at your phone? I'll do the easy one first because I've already told Kirsten. Annie Hall won the year that Star Wars was Oops, nominated. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. And uh, which I was very being a Woody oh, Allen. Oh, you're fan. referring to an or last episode. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's Hence what I was the, yelling. when he said last episode. Yes. And um <laughs> so yeah, it was Annie Hall and being a Woody Allen fan, I was like, Yes. Are you still a Woody Allen fan though? It's complicated, isn't it's it? Complicated. More than yeah. ever. No. I am because nothing I've seen so far... The guy's a creeper. I'm yeah. Not, oh, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, But wow. nothing I've Don't seen... Don't get us canceled, Steve! I know. Well... Oh, God! The opinions of Professor Biggs are his alone and do not reflect uh, Geek Shock as its totality. Anyway. By far. Thank you. Anything I've seen doesn't get me from creeper to child molester. Well, I... That... I... Settings that aside, I just meant as far as like the movies and stuff. I mean, the movies are not art. The movies are art, and art is not created in a vacuum. It's not him alone, even though he's the genesis of a lot of the stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and grant that, granted that, or one or two of his films that I liked, but overall, I was not much of a Woody Allen fan uh, in general. Midnight. Well, that helps. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, there are one or two of his films that I enjoyed, but yeah. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing was Jeff. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now what? The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is pretty damn transparent. It took me all of five minutes on the web to, to find out who votes for who, who votes how, to find the rules. They're right there on the website. You can't get a list of who's in it, but it does say how you get to be an Academy voter, Academy member, and therefore voter. It's pretty transparent in that sense okay cinematographers vote <laughs> cinematographers nominate and vote for cinematography actors nominate and vote for actors the whole academy votes for best picture. any cinematographer and if you're an academy member apparently oh. for best picture now they rank it yes so it's not just a i like this one it's a i like it's a ranked ballot yeah, yeah. these are my how i feel about these from yeah zero to five or whatever and, one to five and the the um, five nomination thing came out pretty much at the end of World War II. Um, but it, before that, like 1939 had 10 nominees, nominations. Right. So, so this current uh, five to 20. Five to 10. Five to 10. Five to 10 are, is a return to what they it, used to. Kind of, yeah. Are they at least saying how many voters in each category are voting? Or is it if still you being an, vague about that? No. If you are an actor in in the... And and that's how you that's where you put yourself. I'm an I'm an acting member of the academy. Mm-hmm. Then you vote for the acting awards. If you no I, no no no, no. That the I numbers. The how numbers. many people voted for best actor for in 2020? Uh, it doesn't say that because that's that's my concern about the transparency is how many people are actually voting. Is it four or five people going? This is it, or is it no? It's you know, the entire hundred. It's the entire nine thousand membership of the academy. And then each are they of those, mandated and required to vote? 
No. No. It was a fact that I, I so, know for a fact. That I mean, they're... but that's, I mean, welcome to voting. Yeah. <laughs> How many people actually well, vote for their presidential but election? I don't think her point is, is, are they forced to vote? Her point is, you can't point to the membership and say that's how many people voted. Right. If you're in the academy, you can probably get that those figures, but the general public no. I know I know that like Betty Davis used to talk about like there was one thing where she lost the Oscar by a I I oh. think it was like a a vote. Yeah. I mean it was so close and she knew the numbers. Yeah. So she found out. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a member of the academy, those figures are, you know, then you look them up. But the general public who cares? Well, then I think, you know, that's Jeff's point. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. But still. All right. Right, now, lot, Steve, right now, Steve's radio is like, man, I got yelled at for nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll just point this out. It's very much unlike the Hugo Awards, which uh, there are only, and it's public knowledge, there are 1,700 members of the uh, people who are, who are voting for the Hugo Awards. This year in, for ShyCon. Mm-hmm, including uh, myself. I am a, I am a Hugo Award uh, uh, voter. And you can be, too, for only 50 bucks. You can <laughs> vote for all the stuff in the Hugo Awards, including Best Fan Cast. Now, I'm not going to direct your vote in any way. I'm you just really, saying. You really should, though. Yeah, I really, really should. Vote for Geek Shock! <laughs> so... Besides, besides that, besides so the airing at, of the grievances, the airing of the grievances. Okay. Yes. Um, I went and saw Nightmare Alley, which was pretty good, pretty fantastic. Pretty good uh, or pretty fantastic? It's, it's streaming now too, right? <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Covering, but, a, but, covering a range. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, pretty good. I went awesome, saw it actually. Uh, you know, it's been out for a while, so it was it was almost a private show. That's one of the ones that is voted for best picture, right? Yeah. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Did we get those dentures? Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it's not a monster horror movie, but it does has, have horrific parts to it. Okay. And it's gorgeous to look at, and all the performances are fantastic. And, and there is one thing about it that it's, you know, I kind of posted a, a, a vague, a vague post, a vague uh, posted about it on, uh, Facebook, that it was like, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away, two miles away. Uh, oh, so you Jeff watched it? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but still, it's a great movie, uh, and definitely deserves to be nominated. It's really good, I think. I don't want to oversell it, but I do. Uh, yeah, I watched Peacemaker, and I forget if it was on this show or I was just talking to somebody about it. But you know, with the whole TSR fiasco, the two the two different. TSRs. Yeah. One of them rebranded as Solarian, and they're the ones that put out the new version of Top Secret. And oh. and so I was telling somebody about it, mm-hmm. and I go, yeah, it's right here. And it, it, you look it up, it's here. It's And I was looking at which company was doing it. Oh, yeah, Solarian. And it's right here. And oh, it's on sale. Click. And so it, and so it finally came. And it's... Uh, and it's, then Steve did. <laughs> indeed. The O face was for all to see. Oh, and... Uh, <laughs> It's a nice, it's a nice two and a half or three inch box set. The O face, <laughs> yeah. Two well, and it's half, three oh. two and a half, three inch. <laughs> yeah. She's got an O face too. Like, <laughs> oh, what is that? <laughs> and uh, and it's a really good, it's a really nice redesign of that of that game. I I heartily recommend it. So have, was that a game that you enjoyed back when it came out? That was my very first RPG experience. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine was trying to get all of his actor friends to play RPGs, and he was like, well, they're not going to go for Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe they'll go for the spy one. And he, he talked him into it, 
But he got pissed because all they really wanted to do was get drunk and shoot people. And he was like... He so was they like, did want to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> right, yeah. Like this one guy, he goes, okay, it's, it's a dark street. You're in Berlin. Uh, a lot of shadows. Blah, blah, blah. This, this, That's asking for trouble. Yeah. Is this the little girl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little, but you see this little girl out there. But I shoot her! No, she's bouncing a ball and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I run up and I shoot. Her. It's like, well, she might have some. No, no, no. I'm just gonna. <laughs> and the guy get to. <sighs> All right. So you've killed this girl. You've you've raised the alarm. People are out their windows. Okay, I shoot him. <laughs> and well, it sounds like Men in Black rules when it's going down that shooting alley. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, no little girl in the middle of the night down dark alley is bouncing a little ball humming to herself, not without some kind yeah, of evil intent. It's the Game Master's fault for not giving him a flashy thingy. Well, exactly. And it's the Game Master's fault for... And, and again, I was brand new to the thing, but I read the rule book and I, I, you know, I bought my own copy of it because I liked it. And I was like, huh, right here it says, you know, you, Game Master, you're, if you're going to play a, a regular basis, you might want to tailor your game playing to your, your game group. If you got guys that just want to shoot stuff, give them targets. <laughs> and you don't make them, you know, crucial NPCs that have information about them. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Barry, in his in-depth, very intelligent character creation, mm. said that he hates gnomes, halflings. He hates little folk. Right, right. And what did I do? I gave him a shitload of gnomes. <laughs> there you go. Which, okay. he ra- which he ran from. Alleging that uh, you know, he, his character committed genocide. So there's, there's a little adventure hook. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing is... Dark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And the last thing is I caught up on my CW superhero shows, and Superman and Lois continues to delight, and they pulled a nice little uh, switcheroo on one of their major possible characters, and everyone's like, oh, God, this early? This? And, then, and then they did a switcheroo, and everyone went, oh. <laughs> yeah. I learned nothing from those sentences. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. I was trying here, to be here. I'll clarify. So you're saying when the costume got torn off and you mm-hmm. were like, uh, you thought it was going one way and it went the other? Yep. Yep. Me too. I, I yep. was kind of surprised oh, wow. by that as well. I just this is the Vegas conversation. It's know, possible right? to have possible characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, guys, you'll be so excited. In it. I got cast on now, CW, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Now, Steve, you, you mentioned Peacemaker. Was it you that was talking about, I think it was on Facebook, about John Cena being both a good actor and performer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I definitely agree with that, because watching Peacemaker, he has some really great facial expressions, uh, So and, and, and not just even like emoting, just sometimes just when he's goofing, mm-hmm. it just, he, uh, and, and, and he's a really good actor, and apparently... According to the other cast members, he's a master improviser as well. Oh well, yeah, because like you, it, get, you see that in the post credits. You scenes. get yeah. yeah. Watch the post credits. <laughs> yeah, when you watch Peacemaker, hang around because they do post credits every episode, and it's uh, quite often lunacy. Yeah, because, because he wrestled in a time where promos were you had to right off your shoulder, like bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam, in front of all those people. So. He definitely represents well for wrestler transitioning into acting because yeah. so many of them. Don't make it. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Rock did too, right? Uh, well, The Rock, yeah. But I mean, uh, Cena is... Hulk Hogan did not do well. <laughs> exactly, right? right. And, or you have Andre the Giant, who was incredibly specialized, right? So, uh, in... Uh, 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 Princess Bride? 
thank you. Um, that Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. That worked really Rowdy, well. Roddy Roddy Piper was good. Well, and sometimes it's matching. Was he good, though? He, yeah, he was good. Did you ever see Hell Comes to Frogtown? You're talking there. There, I think you're hitting on Steve's performer thing. Because yeah. I, I say that Piper had a presence and was entertaining. Yeah. But Cena actually shows some depth. Yeah, he's got some chops. And I, yes. I think what... And he plays the piano. I think what I, uh, Barry's referring to is like sometimes you have to find the right material for that performer because I remember Dave Batista talking about he was downright ready to quit acting when James Gunn cast him in Guardians of the Galaxy because they kept putting him in all this dreck. He's like always the same. He's like the, the former hitman or he's the... He's the bouncer at a bar, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they weren't putting him with material that actually did anything for him to practice the craft or right. even get better right. at to, it. To work with. Yeah. And yeah. then there's uh, the opening of uh, Blade Runner 2049, yeah. which a few directors apparently sat up and took notice with his brief time in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, you know, I think that They Live was custom tailored to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Right. And some of these others were not. So right. maybe that is why some oh. of these wrestlers are not doing well. And it could also be, you know, they're good actors in the material that they're given in the, the wrestling ring, but maybe that doesn't transition right. to the screen, be it big or small. Yeah. And I, I mean, thanks to Paul, I kind of knew who John Cena was, but, <laughs> but where I, I, you're not. We, we all did. Yeah. But yeah. where I noticed him, and actually I was like, who is this guy? He's really funny, was in that um, Amy Schumer movie, Trainwreck. Oh, yeah. And he was he was her boyfriend. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? He's like this big buff guy, and he's hilarious. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple things after that, I was like, okay, John Cena. Yeah, I definitely knew he had the comic chops going in, but especially in the latter episodes of Peacemaker, you definitely saw some depth of emotion. Yeah. And and like he's he can do some of the more serious stuff, and I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, I, and me too. I was like, okay, the guy's funny. Can he pull off some of these more dramatic moments? And he was able to do it. Now, but yeah. can they sing? Uh, I don't know, but he can apparently, dance and he can play the piano. Yeah, apparently, he can <laughs> sing, but he doesn't do it very often because he doesn't think he's very good at. Well, it. I can tell you from personal experience with the WWF album from the oh, early oh 80s. Oh my god. They cannot sing. Wow. No. That's... Classy Freddy Blassie singing. Pencil neck geek. No. Uh-uh. It was the, terrible. The World Wildlife I... Federation did it. <laughs> no, the World Wildlife Fund. The oh, I'm sorry. World Wrestling Federation before no, the World WWF Wrestling Fund. took it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had that album as a kid and I listened to it once, and I was like, I don't need to listen to this Before again. the real WWF took back their copyright. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will say one thing about Peacemaker. Definitely a little retro moment um, that people writing are not quite aware of, because I, I think they overestimated the durability of vinyl. And, and that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no uh, spoilers. <laughs> but uh, I think they overestimated how vinyl records can survive Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have a CW question. Yes. What does it stand for? Uh, country Western. Yes, Country Western. What's yeah. that? CBS Warner Brothers. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. They were calling it for a while the Columbia Warner Network, and that then they just shortened it down to CW. That's better. Because that's hip, yo. Yep. Did, did you? Did you? Did you, Matt? I just read this thing where in, in this whole Brian Flor sports ball, folks. Brian oh, Flores lost it. 
Everybody drink. They're talking about when the Dolphins uh, interviewed Mike Tomlin back in the day, and uh, they were like, mm, "We like him, but he's a little too hip hop." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. See uh, yeah, that's and that's funny. when they went with Cam Cameron, which went so well. Oh yeah. But it's sort of like Mike Tomlin, the most successful black coach, one of the best coaches. Yeah, in the past uh, uh, 15, 15 years, still, still coaching. coaching today, same, same team, team. Yeah. Well, and and they passed him up because you know, yo, Steve, can I get you back in here, please? <laughs> that he was, was he was using well, the restroom. He was going to use the restroom. That was a bad fucking time. I hate <laughs> I hate that term because I I had a manager a long time ago that used that, and that was his code name for any any person of color. They didn't have to be black. It's just anybody of color. Oh, that person's a little too hip hop for me. Yeah. And it used to make me cringe. And all they have to do is meet Will Lee and they know Chinese people ain't hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Will. That's a shout out to Will Lee. Good friend. He takes me to my endoscopies quite a bit. So Go Lee. Yeah. Thank you, Will. Love you, bro. All right, let's do a little bit of uh, Jeff's Bad Impressions. Oh, no. Although this one isn't. Uh, we've, oh. had, we've had this one in the pocket for a while because we had to wait for Steve to, to join us. Uh -oh. So this was a request from David Farrar. And uh, David Farrar uh -oh. says, if I might be so bold, I request Professor Biggs to do an impersonation. So I have uh, outlined in blue your script, sir. So go ahead and pass that over to him while I explain who he will be. Uh, you are going to do your Jimmy Stewart impression. Uh, you know, it's seasoned, uh, well seasoned. Uh, but it is Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Nice. <laughs> I can't wait for this one. So uh, when, whenever you are, are ready, sir, and then I'll let you winky. Well, for God's sake, Mary. <laughs> Uh, now, I have all the characteristics of a human being. Flesh, blood, skin, and hair. But not, but not a single, clear, identifiable emotion. Well, except for greed and, and disgust. <laughs> Something horrible is happening inside of me, and I, 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 I don't know why. My, my nightly bloodlust has overflown <laughs> into my days. I, I I feel lethal uh, 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 on the verge of frenzy. <laughs> I, I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. <laughs> very nice. Very wow. nice. That was oh, very good. Very, very good. good. Okay, now Jeff, okay, do now it. Okay, now I got a winky. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> All right, let's do I, some winky. I, I can't follow Yay! that. Yay! <laughs> Wait, oh, wait, we can geek. Yay! Yay! Yay. That was just this side right. of Garrison Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? This guy. Oh, you don't. Uh, yeah, Jake has sponsored This Week in Geek. Uh, he writes, uh, This Week in Geek is sponsored by the Vincent Price Postage Stamp Petition. What? That's right. It's been 29 years since my favorite actor's death, and yet he hasn't been honored with his own postage stamp. So I've taken matters into my own tentacles. So I want you to pimp the webpage. It's change.org slash Vincent Price Stamp to put your stamp of approval on this idea. Wasn't he British? One, no, I don't think he was. And two, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought he was British. It, mm. He was a huge part of American cinema, though. 
Yeah, but I thought he was British. Regardless so? of this is there's a hilarious a time. It's for America. Steve, yeah, Steve to be winkying. But this is great. I, I, America. I don't even know where to start on this one. America. Wait, the so land of immigrants. You yes. guys, but he wasn't one. You're 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 missing the most important point. What's a postage stamp? <laughs> And uh, by the way, Barry, Vincent Price was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. You said that wrong. St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> no. Missouri. But, Missouri. But yes, no, no I mi- mean, Missouri is right. American, misery. Yeah, American misery. cinema has featured Here we go. people what you did. from so Look many what you did. different to this man. countries <sighs> that became leading men and women in American cinema. And have a lot of them have moved here or yeah. have homes here and they live here a lot. So. Well, the point I mean, is that we've honored plenty of non-Americans with yes, yeah, with a postage say, stamp. And not my even, stamp. Not you even classic cinema. You're an American. I wasn't born here. You're you, not an American. So you're... you're <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're a rescue. But... <laughs> In more ways than one. I was cut rate. (laughs) I always knew Deb had a soft spot for rescues. (laughs) And he's American. It explains a lot. It does. Eh. Who are we talking about? Never mind. Never mind. You you had to go to the restaurant at the wrong time. At the Viacom CBS Investors event, where the company announced that they rebranded themselves as Paramount, so Viacom is no more. It is now Paramount. Paramount Pictures President CEO Brian Robbins and producer J.J. Abrams revealed that a new Star Trek movie with Chris Pine and the rest of the Kelvin crew is going forward and will be released on December 22nd, 2023. And Matt Shankman, one of the directors of WandaVision, will direct this. Uh, But The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that... Most, if not all, teams for the franchise's primary players include... uh, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, uh, John Cho, were not aware that yeah. an announcement yeah. for another film was coming, yeah. much less that their clients would be touted as part of the deal, and certainly not that their clients would be shooting the movie by the year's end, unquote. Yeah. Uh, they want to start shooting this fall uh, so they can make the announced release date. Uh, so not only do they not have deals with the cast, uh, they also don't have a completed script, a, a green light, or a budget. Uh, it was already reported that Chris Pine was the first actor to jump into early negotiations to return to the role of Captain Kirk, but there's no word if any of the other members of the cast have begun talks. Wow. I this 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 article, <laughs> I, I I I it it, it boggled my mind because. When agents are surprised that their clients are being touted as part of a new movie, <laughs> you know something's up. Because like th- th- most of the actors were surprised by the announcement, but typically agents are talking behind the scenes with the studio, Before, et cetera, yeah. and then they'll pitch it to their clients. But the fact that even the, their agents didn't know, I thought it was fascinating too because there's uh, an agent that was not respond uh, doesn't it doesn't represent any of the actors said. This is a really bold thing for Paramount to do because that now takes all the leverage yep. away from the studio and gives it to the actors. Yeah, John like- Cho's going to get that mad money. It seems like a bad business decision. Oh, man. It's going to be at least $100 million just for the cast alone at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that was the other part of the article that I was reading. They said in the days of, in the modern day with companies like Netflix giving $30 million to actors for their quote, mid-range budget projects, 
it's not unheard of that that Paramount may just write a blank check and say, okay, let's get the contracts done for the actors first, and then we'll worry about the budget for the actual film later on. Wow. Yeah. We need a Geek Shock film try. Uh, we need a Geek Shock film franchise at Paramount. But That's there, right. But this article said it, the actual contracts for the actors may take up something like 60 to 70% of the budget for this yeah. film, which wow. is... Is a lot, yeah. For See, a, for that, a big screen film, that takes a lot of. Like, that's, yeah, not to mention a franchise film. Not to mention digital. one that they were having problems funding for years. Yeah. if you remember yeah. that. Oh I, yeah, and and I'm sorry. And Star Trek Beyond apparently lost money, so far as Hollywood yeah. is concerned. This well, is why I'm a big proponent of animated movies, and that that <laughs> still saddens me to this day because I really like I, Star Trek Beyond, yep. and I think they didn't. They didn't do the normal ad blitz campaign with that film that they did with the first two mm-hmm. in the J.J. Abrams series, and I also felt like they didn't really advertise it correctly. Right? They didn't pitch it. You know, it was it was an anniversary film. I mean, it was it was a. I think it felt like a very nice love letter to Star Trek because it was released on the fiftieth anniversary, yeah. and you know, I got to see it in San Diego. As part of the world premiere, I'm, I'm, the, I'm sitting on it right that's now. Right. Yep. I with, have got one of those. Oh, <laughs> with the live orchestra doing the whole score. Yeah, Beautiful. it uh, it literally is one of the best movie premieres I've ever been to, and yeah. I've only been to a couple. But this one like blew all the others away. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it it was a really good film, and I think it was just not supported well by the studio. And then they were complaining about losing money and using that as leverage to try to get Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth to take major pay cuts to yep. do another film, which is why that ended up going nowhere. But it does seem like this new management change was may like, make it he work. He was like, I'm Thor now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. It sounds to me like they're going to tout this right. as... The last adventure of the Kelvin universe, blah, 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 blah. Oh, they all die? Yeah. 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 They're all going to. Never mind. I was going to go dark, but I decided against it. Um, And it it sounds like that's what they're going to push this as. Yeah. Like like the way they did with um, Undiscovered Country. Right. You know, the the final adventure of this version of these characters. Maybe they're doing the right thing there because it's not a good idea to split up the universes like that. I mean, you got Discovery and um, uh, Picard, and you know the new thing that they're going to be doing, uh, Stranger Worlds or whatever. Yeah, and that, but that's all in like the Prime the Universe. Yeah. yeah, and then you got Kelvin doing its own thing. Yeah, it's, can you guys listen to Barry? He knows what he's talking about. Bet your ass right, he does. Right, yeah, that Alec Kurtzman, he's he's too busy out there sucking Dave Filoni's yeah, dick. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck him with Kathleen Kennedy's dick. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> you I don't started want to be it. Here. No, I didn't. You never know what's going to trigger the man babies, Barry. That, wow. That, wow. That, t-shirt. Absolutely. T-shirt. You never know what's going to trigger the man babies, Barry. <laughs> Just me and That's wow. a new t-shirt. Me and Matt. Don't trigger the man babies. On either side yeah, of the quote. You, you never know what's going to trigger the man babies. <laughs> <laughs> and use that picture that, that uh, John Bean Hastings yeah. posted. <laughs> Uh, in that same call, Robbins also announced that a major expansion of their Nickelodeon Studios IP is in the works as well, including new SpongeBob spinoffs, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and an animated Transformers series. 
for live-action Transformers films, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts is slated for 2023 as well, and will be the first of a new live-action Transformers trilogy. Now, on the animated Transformers front, Robbins announced that Nickelodeon Hasbro are co-producing a brand new animated series, uh, Transformers Earthspark. The 26-episode series will launch this fall and feature a new generation of Transformers robots, quote, the first Transformers robots to be born on Earth, unquote. Uh, The animated series will be set in present-day Earth, will also include Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, and theatrically, there is also an untitled Paramount Animation and E1, that's Hasbro's Entertainment Studio co-production, animated Transformers movie directed by Josh Cooley, set to debut in theaters in July 19th, 2024. And if you're interested, Point Grey Pictures, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg are producing a new animated theatrical Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie directed by Jeff Rowe for 2023. Well, I guess we'll see if they've got the touch. <laughs> so are they the rebooting Transformers? Uh, I don't think it's so much of a reboot as it is that here's another story in that universe and it, starting of a new trilogy. It feels like a soft reboot. Yeah. You know, keep some characters around to introduce the next gen and then make them more centric in the story. They're doing Beast Wars? Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I. They never even did Unicron, didn't they? Or did no. I miss that? Is, did, we, did we at all miss that, really? Any? Yeah, you know. Well, not Steve. <laughs> they talked about it briefly. It was like a little teaser. And then they never followed up with it. Um, I no know Unicron th- for you. This, this article explains something now because uh, uh, I'd heard that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, oh, shit. What's his name? I, hey. I'm blanking all the time. Michael good story. Barry's sitting across from me. That's what it is. Michael Bay. He'll do that. No, the. Uh, <laughs> The conservative uh, guy who's Trump, who's <laughs> now doing films, right? You know, Again. Charlie Kirk, Cara Dune is joining with him. Oh, now. Shapiro, Ben yeah. Shapiro. Oh, okay, the they film all thing. run together. Yeah, Wait, well, doing yeah. Films? And, and, I, I'm, I'm actually yes. There, there. He, he got a little film division going on. Uh, there was like an announced deal with uh, Cara right. Dune. I'm forgetting her name. I'm getting old. Oh, oh, Gina oh. Carano. Gina Carano. Carano what are they right? just gonna keep redoing Atlas Shrugged? Well, well, no, because <laughs> this one was a Transformers one involved. Okay. Because the the bend of the movie is Transformers: Rise of the Conservative Asshole. Yeah, what? you know it. Well, the Transformers that who were born here are not native, and they're illegal immigrants, and they have to be gotten here rid go. of. That was the whole. <laughs> They're going to build a wall around the earth? Cybertron's going to pay for All it? All right, that's, that's just... That, that is some unearned pride right there, Kenny. Yes, I know. My tribute to... Uh, to Well, it's the fucking forgetting names. I got to do more bits without names, because I'm forgetting everybody's name. You're going to have to write them on your arm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, have that's you what you want to do. Write Shapiro on your arm. And the anti-anxiety medication. Does not help. Blame the drugs. Yeah, that's that's what Barry does, and no, I learned blame from the, the drugs, best. dude. I, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but um, blame yeah, no, that, that was all manufactured. But I, I, you know, I can hardly wait till they they finally mine out all that eighty stuff, so somebody will finally do a Thundar movie. I think it's never going to well, happen. I think, I think we'll eventually get there. Well, I think yes, eventually we will. When they run out of everything else, yes, they'll be like, well, there's Thundar, and hopefully, Jason, the Wheeled Warriors. 
<sighs> You'll know it's on the horizon when Space Ghost live action shows up. Oh, Space Ghost. Herculoids. Yeah. I love the Herculoids. They're awesome. <laughs> Rubik's, the amazing cube. Oh, no. No. Cubert. Cubert live action. I'm, I mean, I'm how would they even do that? Disturbingly. I'm getting the feeling nobody's taking me seriously here. <laughs> they need to do a Pac-Man horror film. <laughs> that wasn't was Pixels? Yeah, thank you. you ah. I remembered yeah. that name. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's the Barry effect. <laughs> <laughs> Remembering the useless shit. Acclaimed comic book writer Ed Brubaker is now part of the creative team that's developing HBO Max's Batman Cape Crusader animated series. Hmm. He joins executive producers Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves, as well as co-producers James Tucker. It's reported that Brubaker is running the writer's room for the series alongside Bruce Tim and will act as Tim's right hand. Brubaker will also pr executive produce on the project, the first season of which will consist of 10 episodes. Tim previously shared that the show is more Batman the Animated Series than Batman the Animated Series, unquote. The show will capture what Tim was originally looking to do with the original animated series, saying, quote, It kind of goes back to the original principles of the show that we originally came up with in the early 90s. There were certain limitations on what we could do in terms of adult content, in terms of violence and adult themes. He went on to say, My idea is basically to say, okay, it's 1990 again, but I get to do what I want this time. And JJ and Matt is backing me up, unquote. Sign me up. Wow. Yeah, Sold. That, is a, that is a good series back in the 90s. Oh, so, man. Yeah. But yeah, but they Redefined were. find everything. They yep. were uh, definitely restricted by the fact that it was a quote unquote kids program, yeah. even though the majority of the, the viewing demographic <laughs> skewed more to people in their 20s and 30s. And, yeah. and they're dancing around. Let's let's not say kid friendly. Let's say parent friendly. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're dancing around parent friendly restrictions was yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Because they still did incredible stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. I, I, I wonder if it's... I mean, it's probably not Harley Quinn level of extreme, but I, <laughs> I feel like maybe they could kind of skirt the line between that with the, you know, they said the, the violence restrictions and so forth that right. you could get probably right up well, to that point, like Harley Quinn animated, I mean, I should say. You think about Bruce Tim. Yeah. This is, you can watch the animated series, and despite the limitations, you can go, this guy gets Batman. Oh, yeah. Because for me, I think a lot of, when you talk about pushing it into a more adult thing, for Bruce Tim, you're talking about just the psychologically darker yes. stuff, mm -hmm. right? We, it's not so much needing to see, I mean, maybe we see arms break, you know, blood splash, but I think it's going to be a lot of, I I would hope it's going to be a lot more of that getting into the heads because that's really the thing about Batman that kind of just grew and really came to define him was that getting into the heads of these maniacs yeah. and you as a reader through that getting into their heads and everything and yeah. that's where it can really 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 stand out. Yeah. And I mean, there is also something to be said about, you know, working within restrictions definitely oh, adds sure. to that whole creativity and, well, you know, gives I, you, but. I but, have my arguments about that. Sure. But, but my argument is that it gives you focus. Yes, exactly. And that's something creators need desperately is focus. But I'm excited yeah. to see what he does without the restrictions. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, um, this was back, you know, he, he and. Paul Dini and everyone, they would come to Comic-Con all the time and they would talk about it in, in the panels, you know, you know, why did you do this? Why can't you do that? And he would, he would say, well, we're limited from what we can do by it being ostensibly a, a kid show. Um, 
but we probably wouldn't take it more than we do. And, and he said, and the other thing is the inconsistency coming from the suits. It's like, it's like, okay, you can't kill anybody. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, even if this guy falls off the roof, we'll make him fall on a thing. And then the next week is we get notes. It's like, that guy just fell off the roof. Why didn't he die? Well, you told us we could. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I do remember stuff like that. Now, since you've been to those panels, I only got to read about this. It didn't weren't there also like whole scripts that were basically just nixed by the network? They said, "Nope, there's absolutely no way that you can do this." So I, yeah. I guarantee you, he's probably got scripts that he wanted to produce and didn't even get fair treatment. You know, as yeah. far as like you know, you can you can do this as long as you cut this, this, and this, and this out. Yeah, yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff like that, and. um and then, yeah, like you say, just getting it a little bit more. I mean, he, that's the thing. The reason that show is so great is even given those restrictions, he did actually come up with, a, you know, an animated version of that character in that world that also appealed to adults. Yeah. And even in the most ridiculous, I mean, Clayface. Yeah. Just, I mean, talk about over the top in terms of a villain and the power and everything for Batman, you know, but they, I, I personally was very impressed yeah. with, with what they did there. Or yeah. I personally feel their best, aside from Harley Quinn, but there you can't talk about her without talking about Paul Dini. Right. Uh, which, who knows how much of any of this conversation can occur without him. Right. Right. <clears throat> but um, uh, Two-Face. Yes, I think yeah. I think that was that was like their Joker is amazing, but in terms of looking into things, in terms of where did he come from and what's going on and the tension and and all that going on, I think Two Face was their high watermark in mm -hmm. my opinion. They did a really good job dealing with the duality of that character's personality and doing something yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also like the animated version of the Riddler. Yes, yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Gorshin fan. Yeah, so sure. I love Gorshin from Batman '66. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Todd, but uh, well, I know you hate Batman '66 with a purple passion. I understand. I hate it. Yeah, but yes, you do. <laughs> I just don't care for it. <laughs> with but, an extreme passion. Yes. But that that Riddler um, um, was was far smarter than I ever felt he came across as yeah. like in the comic and menacing smart yeah and for a brief brief time um that was going to be the model of the riddler for the live action things and it was originally going to be john malkovich mm. Ooh, right yeah. and doesn't that just make you oh. but then but Gary. then yeah then but then happened. joel schumacher and schumacher happened yeah and see i don't i still don't have hate for the carrie riddler i like I liked the Carrie Riddler for what it was. I love the Carrie Riddler. Um, <laughs> and you hate Batman 66. Right, I just want to bop you him. on the head. Yeah. I mean, there were other problems with that movie, but yeah. overall it was still a decent film. It was yeah. probably one of the last yeah, in that here, line that was... Yeah. Here's one of my biggest problems with that movie. I don't like that. Yep. Oh, I don't like that. Like, yeah, I'm, glad you, I'm, I'm glad you're doing a visual joke here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He did. Well, for the viewers at home, <laughs> I mean, I, and not even just in the comics, but like he rarely reflipped if he no. didn't get the if he didn't get the result he wanted. He just abided by what the coin yep. told him. Well, that's yeah. the whole deal. That with two movie things. had a problem. That one yeah. of the reasons I appreciate the animated series is that mm -hmm. movie had a big problem with yeah, because they they basically just made him a 
the Joker. Uh, another Joker. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. I forget which Batman was that. Which actor was playing Batman? Al Kilmer. Kilmer. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one I with know. the nipple suit? No, those are that's that's, the, that's, 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 those are oh, clonies. Oh, no, were there nipples? They there were, were nipples. There were nipples in that one too. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it gets exciting fighting villains. Yeah. Chicks take yeah. the nipples. <laughs> Chicks. But it's so cold. <laughs> it's there cold go about my them. nipples again. Cold and rainy. <laughs> you know, uh, sensitive. Last week we lost director Ivan Reitman. He was seventy-five years old. His name and legacy will forever be tied to Ghostbusters, which he directed and produced. Reitman produced and directed a string of late 70s and 80s comedy classics, including 1978's National Lampoon's Animal House as producer, 79's Meatballs as director, and Stripes as both. Uh, Reitman produced and directed Schwarzenegger in Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and Junior, all as Reitman produced hits including Beethoven, Beethoven's Second, and Space Jam. Uh, oops <laughs> Reitman also held an early career appreciation for sci-fi horror and other genre elements that would find their way into Ghostbusters and he produced the 1983 adult animated classic Heavy Metal as well as a pair of horror legend David Cronenberg's earliest movies Shivers from 75 and Rabbit in 77 uh, we also lost writer Tom Veach he died at the age of 80 due to complications to COVID in the world of comic books, Veach is best known for writing a trilogy of Star Wars comic stories published by Dark Horse through the early 90s, Dark Empire, Dark Empire 2, and Empire's End. Widely credited with reigniting the popularity of the Star Wars franchise at the time, following the success of Dark Empire, Veach continued his work in comics, publishing a series of stories in DC, including the Naz, My Name is Chaos, and a run on DC's Animal Man. In his later years, Veach ran a bookstore called Old Bennington Books in his hometown of Bennington, Vermont, while continuing to publish his memoirs. We honor them here. Reitman was such a big part, well, probably of all of our youths. Uh, I mean, just, and, and it's funny because, like, everybody's, it's, he's forever identified with Ghostbusters, but there's so much more that his Stripes. Had his, yeah. I that mean, whole line and yeah. then the Schwarzenegger comedies. Oh, Schwarzenegger my God, yeah. is funny <laughs> deliberately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, would you say would you say Reitman is like a defining aspect of 80s comedy? Yes. 80s still comedy? Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. And and and, and in just even also in producing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he had mostly moved into producing. Sure. I mean the, the, the gamut, yeah. But, writing. But yeah. Yeah. And um Direct. I mean gosh. I mean, even up to uh Evolution, which was, you know, early two thousands film. Uh, a, a sci-fi I, Ghostbusters, if you yeah, will. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. It got critically panned at and did poorly at the box office. It's kind of developed a little bit of a cult following since. But I've never even heard of it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's worth watching. You know, the hit and miss thing is yeah. I, I often talk, <laughs> when we talk about criticism, I, I often pose the, the question, you know, it, there are two additional questions besides, you know, I have my three critical questions. There are two additional questions you have to ask yourself. Um, is what I'm watching, what I'm viewing, what I'm experiencing any good by, you know, we're always talking art. So objective is always subjective. Sure. But by conventional wisdom standards, is what I'm experiencing here any good? That's question number one. And then two, do I like it? And I said, and they don't always go together. That you is can very like, true. You can like absolute garbage and hate something that is a genius work of art. And and my example for 
liking something that's terrible is Meatballs. Yeah. Meatballs is not a good movie. It's, it really isn't. It's terrible. You're right, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's, a, it's one of those good, terrible films. Yeah. It really is. The, the only things it's got going for it are Bill Murray, Chris Makepeace, and the score by uh, Elmer Bernstein. Other than that, the cinematography is just like, oh, we got, well, we got light in here. Uh, camera shots. Uh, well, I've got it on a tripod and I've turned it on. Uh, other actors. Well, we got a porn actress and some other people <laughs> from Canadian musical musical theater community theater. No offense, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh... and and it's not great. But I saw it in the theaters probably 13, 14 times. And, wow. and Reitman. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's... even better. Reitman also did. Did you pay for each of those viewings? Sometimes they're theater hop. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's a hopper. But I would drag people to it. I go, oh, you got to come see this movie with me. And they would see it and they'd be laughing and they're like, that was funny, but it wasn't very good. I go, I know, right? <laughs> now let's get you home before your parents get in. <laughs> now, I was, I was, one of the things I was going to say, one of the last films that Ivan Reitman directed was not a comedy, Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner. Oh, oh yeah. I still haven't seen that. Um, oh, it's so good. It's, it's a really good film. It is a drama, and it centers around the NFL draft. Dude, I love, and it's I not, love that. Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm figuring this is an NFL Moneyball, and yes. I really liked Moneyball. It's better than Moneyball. It is, and, it's, and it's funny because it's, it's as much about the drama surrounding the draft as it is about interpersonal drama. Uh, because there's relationships that are going on in this film, you know, the relationship between an agent and his client, uh, this, this, show uh, me the money. Yeah, this, uh, this, uh, good story. <laughs> GM. This GM, GM that Costner is playing that is trying to navigate, you know, the players the that he wants yeah. to draft, you know, the wheeling and dealing that goes on, as well as his relationship with his girlfriend who also works for the franchise and i mean i thought it was a very good film and i remember sitting there watching it because i it was recommended to me and i remember the credits rolling and then i see directed by ivan reitman and i was like what, what? yeah because i couldn't think back to him directing a drama because i had mostly known him for comedy but it's a really good film one that's kind of close to that uh-huh. Am I on? One that's kind of close to that is um, Dave. It's yeah, a, Dave is a, oh a drama. Yeah. That is such a... Okay, you know what? I'm going to... One of the things that... Uh, one of the elements of comedy is uh, timing, right? Uh, there's delivery. There's the pacing of your joke. There's the language of it. Yes. And a, a sense of timing, a feeling of pace... Uh, can be very keen. And I think we're a lot of people who can make a successful transition into like drama because you're saying this now with Dave and we're talking about what, what I'm hearing about Draft Day is Reitman seems to have that feeling of pace, that yes. feeling of, of when is the good moment for X. Right. And I, I love that in Dave because yeah. Dave was very had some great moments and just these great, uh, yeah. s the sense of here to there to there, set up in those brief comic times that you'd have set up your punch, your release. And it's just, I think maybe that's part of what, what Reitman, what really makes yeah. Well, makes I mean, there's work. elements of Dave that, that make it feel like a Sorkin Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very Written, Sorkin. You um, would assume drama. you would assume Dave is a yeah. Sorkin joint. 
because it does, just like you said, the perfect timing, the perfect elements of comedy, drama, and none of them feel out of place. Right. They I, I feel think that's real. a big, big phrase. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's kind of... Doesn't feel forced. Yeah. And, and again, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a romantic idea about, you know, what if a common everyday yes. guy and gets his accountant oh, to sure. balance the budget. <laughs> Who's Charles Grodin, which just makes it all the better. But anyway, yeah. It's a little... Yeah, and, and Klein's extraordinary in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My headcanon is that Dave is the sequel to The American President. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. That's a great... That is Why not? great. That yeah. is just awesome. And a good Sorkin tie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never been more proud to be... Or the other American. way. <laughs> sure. Hulu has placed a 20-episode order for a revival of Futurama. The sci-fi cartoon will return to the airways via its original creators, Matt Groening and David X. Cohen. Production begins this month with new episodes slated to premiere sometime next year. And the original voice cast is slated to return. Futurama ran for a total of 140 episodes across seven seasons, which aired between Fox and Comedy Central. Prior to being picked up by the latter for seasons 6 through 10, the show garnered a strong following via syndicated reruns on Adult Swim. Well, almost the full voice. Yeah, what well, about uh, Bender? I heard he wasn't coming back. Uh, it's still apparently, apparently still negotiating, mm-hmm. so it's not, it's not looking likely, but it's not 100% that he won't be joining the cast. Uh, but I definitely... Agree with John DiMaggio's stance on this. Yep. Say, so I've got that all written on here, uh-huh. but I'm like, I haven't checked back on this story in a week, so I, I assume he'd be, ba- be uh, in by as, now. As of I, Monday was the last time I saw anything new on it, they're still, I guess, trying to lowball, and they're trying to say, well, the rest of the cast signed for this amount, and he's like, that's good for them. This is what I'm asking for, and you're not even trying to come back with a yeah. counteroffer. Yeah, And the reason I say that I definitely stand behind him is that Futurama was so successful in the merchandising aspect and continues to be, even though there haven't been new episodes in, what, 11 years now? So he's got the right mindset behind this. Is like, they're still making money off of the merchandising. Some of them, with even his voice being used in... Uh, they had a talking Bender doll for a while. So they're continuing to make money off of him, and all he's asking is to be paid fairly for these new episodes. No, I just, I'm sorry. I just what? love the idea of kid in a crib. <laughs> Kiss my shiny metal ass. That's how man babies are made. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's right, right. You make my Futurama with blackjack and hookers. Yay. Hollywood is once again attempting a big-budget film adaptation of 2K's best-selling Bioshock video game franchise. Netflix announced an upcoming movie project co-produced by 2K and Vertigo Entertainment. Development has only just begun, and no writer or director is attached yet. Uh, Plans for a Bioshock movie go back over a decade to 2008. When Pirates of the Caribbean director Gore Verbinski was in talks to helm the adaptation from veteran James Bond screenwriter John Logan. I remember talking about that in the early ages of this show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The project never became a reality and instead languished in development hell for the last 14 years. Uh, If you're not familiar, released in 2007 and 2010 respectively, the first two Bioshock games take place in Rapture, a dystopian city located deep beneath the Atlantic Ocean. Founded by an idealistic and Ayn Rand-inspired Andrew Ryan after the Second World War, 
The entire purpose of the aquatic settlement was to build in a utopian society free of federal and religious interference. When the first game picks up in 1960, however, the grand experiment has crumbled to the ground due to an uprising of the disenfranchised lower class. What? All what that lower remain, class? All that remains are the desolate ruins of a once grand culture, now full of marauding splicers, big daddies, and little sisters. The player steps into the shoes of Jack, a plane crash survivor who unwittingly finds himself transported to the sunken city and caught up in its squabbles. Now, a third title in the gaming series, Bioshock Infinite, was released in 2013 and dropped players into a world of Columbia, a floating city in the sky founded on hardcore American ideals. So, it was supposed to be a prequel. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're attempting this again. I, yeah. I love the storyline of those games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as, yeah. As far as games that have something to say, they're in the top ten. They had a gun that shot bees. Yeah, there awesome. Is, there is that. And the, <laughs> the soundtrack. I really like the soundtrack yeah. of those games. Not to mention you hear the stupid kiosks in your head. In your, <laughs> like, yeah. Welcome to the circus of value. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> it's like forever ingrained in your psyche. So, uh, and Netflix doing it, this actually has a chance of working. Yeah. Because so, if they don't push cancel them through. it <laughs> right after. <laughs> I think they're doing a movie, not a, not yeah. a series. So it's not a matter of canceling it. It's well, a, but I mean, haven't they also had movies like complete before and then canceled it and never aired them? I, I swear we talked about that on the show once, or maybe I'm just. It wouldn't be a surprise. It wouldn't be the first or the last studio. Uh, let's do some red light, green light. Speaking of the studios. Woohoo! Red light, green light, such fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say, they're gonna make this shit anyway. Yay! As long as there's a vampire pitch. All right, welcome to this production meeting of Dunright Productions. I call this meeting to order. We got some new pitches. We got to go through and get to green light one of them. So you each get one green light. And one or more of these may be fake. The shows are The Laundry Files, Bloom County, Scott Pilgrim, and Grimsburg. There's your vampire picture right there. In the city <laughs> of Grimsburg. And we'll start with The Laundry Files. Amazon has optioned the rights to Charlie Strauss's book series, The Laundry Files, a horror comedy about a British agency tasked with investigating the bizarre. Bob is a systems administrator for The Laundry, although his ambitions and desire for a better pay grade have led him into testing out for field agent status. His cool-headed under fire, not to mention his aptitude with computer-assisted magic working, earn him a dual appointment. While he continues to maintain the laundry system integrity during the day, Bob is also on a globe-trotting secret assignment by English spymaster Angleton in a world of techno-vampires, zombie night watchmen, and murderous violins. There's your vampire pitch. I'm in. So what do you think of the laundry files? Well, techno-vampires, that's kind of cool, I guess. Computer magic. What yeah. is that? I've yeah. read the first book in this series and really enjoyed it, and I don't know why I haven't returned to it, but every now and then I'll see it in the... Uh, on the shelf, it's like, oh yeah, I got to go back to that because I really enjoyed that first book. Yeah, that so, and many other things in yeah, your show. It's, it's, it's a story of my life. Uh, Am I get? Is it? Is it a part comedy? Yes. Stuff? Okay, because I, I wasn't comedy. quite. Yeah. I I just I know I just I was listening to the pitch and then I I missed that part. But. Take James Bond, Cthulhu, and add British whimsy, and okay. you got 
the laundry. Yeah, class. I wanted to make sure I was getting that right. Yeah, I've actually had a couple of friends, uh, besides Geek Shop, recommend that. They go, oh, you you would eat this up. And I was like, all right. I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> all right, next up is Bloom County, Berkeley Breathed. Uh, Berkeley Breathed comic strip, Bloom County. Breathed. You know what? He's right. I looked this up uh, on on the internet, and I was like, I've always known it as Berkeley Breathed, but I want to make sure I have this right. And when I looked it up, the internet told me, no, it's Berkeley Breathed. The internet says many things. So I'm going to go with yours. Berkeley Breathed's comic books, uh, comic strip, Bloom County, is being developed as an animated series at Fox, with the artist himself on board to co-write and executive produce. Bloom County ran from 1980 to 1989 and featured the talking underwear clan and ever-worried penguin Opus and Bill the Lobotomized Cat, as well as failed lawyer-slash-womanizer Steve Dallas, 10-year-old serious news reporter Milo Bloom, anxiety-ridden and monster-closet-having Michael Binkley, all pontificating on the politics and pop culture of the day, and often delving into the realm of the fantastical and just plain weird occurrences in Fly Way Way Over County. The project comes from Fox Entertainment, and its animated studio, Bento Box Entertainment, as well as Miramax, Spyglass Media Group, and Project X Entertainment. Quote, At the end of Alien, we watch cuddly Sigourney Weaver go down for a long, peaceful snooze in cryogenic hypersleep after getting chased around by saliva-spewing maniac, only to be wakened decades later in a world stuffed with far worse, said Breathed in a statement. Fox and I have done the identical thing to Opus and the rest of Bloom County gang. May they forgive us, unquote. <laughs> Uh, Breathed famously decided to end Bloom County's incredible run in 1989, right at the top of his game, although he did return in to some of the characters in spin-offs, Outland and Opus. Finally, in 2015, he started drawing the strip again and publishing via Facebook. So what do you think of Bloom County, the animated series? I'm in. I like it. And we are right, it's Breathed. Okay, good. Because <laughs> it just it didn't seem right, but I was like, all right, that's what it says. I, I've seen both, and I'm... I, I still remember an interview with him where he said it's breathed. Good. Yeah. Um, Who runs Marvel Cinematic right. Universe? What's his name? Kevin what? Fage. Uh, Fige. 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 Yeah, I just Fige. got like four different answers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right again. What does that tell you? Yeah, oh, good story. <laughs> I win. I won the internet. I'll say Bloom County, what do you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Get a oh, good voice yeah. cast for those characters and, and, and kind of, you know, you'd have to modify it for animation, but keep that same design yeah, and same humor. All I'm, trying about to, I'm trying to picture what they sound like in my head. Yeah, I don't... That's the toughest part of something like that. Yeah. Being so, so established, because that'll be, that'll be the trick. Yeah, because there'll be some people like, oh, that's not what so-and-so sounds like. Hey, yeah. you don't say that about yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> No, you know what? You know what happened there? They listened to Kathleen Kennedy and and oh, he Alex said Kurtzman. That's right. He said yeah, Kathleen Kurtzman. I don't even know why. How these babies get in here? Uh, left the well, door open. when when an angry, angry, bitter man likes a really angry, bitter woman, and they watch <laughs> geek movies. Security. That, security. That, you never know where we're going to show up. We have security? Nobody expects the we're man babies. We're in a babies. pitch meeting. <laughs> of course we have security. Our chief and we're, a surprise. And we're, and we're, yeah, raised in a racist neighborhood. Never has a diaper been so full. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there he goes, picking on, picking 
on my irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, you're just plain irritable. How old is this man baby? <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can be... Man uh, I would say the median age is about 40 from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see how that goes with Scott Pilgrim. Netflix has entered early development on a Scott Pilgrim anime series based on the best-selling graphic novels created by writer-illustrator Brian Lee O'Malley. O'Malley is set to executive produce the co-showrun with David Garbinski. Uh, that was the lead on Nickelodeon's recent reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, should the title move forward, uh, award-winning Science Saru has been tapped to handle the animation. The graphic novels have centered upon the titular character, a Canadian layabout and member of the rock band Sex Babam, whose entire life is upended by a mysterious rollerblading girl named Ramona Flowers. His love at first sight, but Scott is forced to fight for Ramona's affections by taking on her seven ex-boyfriends, all of whom are evil. Published by Oni Press between 2004-2010, six-volume comic was previously adapted into a live-action film in 2010 by Edgar Wright, who is also executive producing the anime. Despite favorable reviews from fans and critics, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World was a box office dud, grossing less than $50 million worldwide against a $60 million budget. But it's since gone on to sustain acclaim in the years since as a cult hit. So what do you think of the Scott Pilgrim anime? I don't watch it. Yeah, sure. Anime is uh, the style. Yeah, with Edgar Wright uh, involved. I, I love that movie. And they, they did a re-release last year in, back in theaters for like a week. And I was like, eh, okay, I'll go like on a Tuesday night or something. And sure enough, had a private screening. And uh, and I was like, God, this thing holds up. And and again, it's all these you know stars of tomorrow in it too. It's what made it really fun. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm on board. It's gonna it's gonna be a tough red light, green light. My is, yeah. my thing about it is that uh, one of the things about the movie I loved was the visuals. Yeah. yeah. And as in <laughs> the 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 car- the comic was very manga, so I think it 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 fits for that. But at the same time, it's like mm, animated Scott Pilgrim. I don't know how it's going to compare to the movie in my mind. And I really like the movie, and I love the visuals. So I'm not. That's the one thing I'd be like. Mm, mm, mm. All right, we'll see how that compares to Grimsburg. John Hamm is set to star in a Fox animated comic t- series titled Grimsburg. Uh, talk. You wrote it. I did. <laughs> uh, I- I think it's supposed to say taking, not talking, taking on the lead role of Marvin Flute. Marvin Flute is described as possibly, quote, the greatest detective ever to catch a cannibal clown or correctly identify a mid-century modern armoire. But since, but there's one mystery he still can't crack, his family. Now he's back in Grimsburg, a town where everyone's got a secret or three. Flute will follow every lead he's got to redeem himself with the ex-wife he'd never stopped loving, even if it means hanging out with the son he never bothered to get to know, unquote. The series will be written and produced by Kaylin McClellan and Matthew Schissel. Ham is also a producer. Shizzle's the word. <laughs> Faux shizzle. Ham is also a producer on the project, along with Gail Berman, and Baghdadi, and Chad Gindin, who will also be the showrunner on the series. You're just making up words now. You're just stringing <laughs> syllables you together. Baghdadi. Yeah, Baghdadi. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's Baghdadi. That's a. Uh, red. <laughs> so, what I do you mean, think of, of Grimsburg? The, of all the rest of the ones on this list, that one's the least. Yeah, least yeah. interesting. Like we need to move. family. 
We need to move John Hamm over into one of those other. And they yes. only ever mentioned one actor, John Hamm, and I've never heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, there you go. The Laundry Files, Bloom County, Scott Pilgrim, oh, and the Grimsburg. Where do you put your green light, Steve? Ooh, tough. Not Grimsburg. Um, <laughs> but I would like to move John Hamm into one of these other three. The other three are so good. John Hamm could voice Steve Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Or Bill the Cat. <laughs> Which is basically... <laughs> It would be funny if he could do both. I, I'm I'm torn between the Laundry Files and Bloom County. Uh, yeah, Bloom County. Which one's gonna make us more money? Pick <laughs> Bloom yeah. County merchandising. Oh God, Scott Pilgrim, though. But I, I'm kind of with Kirsten. The live action visuals is kind of I, one of the stylistic. I, just, I things loved that how that, that movie looked. Yep. Okay. Okay. Go with your gut, dude. I know gut. <laughs> Oh, we need new studio executives. This is the most painful four, decision. Four, three, <laughs> two, one. You laundry files. You abstain. There it is. <laughs> wow. We got a laundry files out of it. N- note to self give Steve more time to think. <laughs> Why'd you put your green light, Deb? Um, I got to say laundry files. Matt. Same. I'm going with the, the group on this one. Barry. Bloom County. Mm. Jeff. Get him out of here. I'm also uh, interested to see the Laundry Files. I just I think it sounds interesting. Kirsten. Laundry Files sounds interesting. I mean, that, that, that elevator pitch of James Bond and Cthulhu yeah. right there. Uh, <laughs> although this guy is, well, no, I was going to say more Jack Ryan because he's like an analyst, but Jack Ryan always ends up in the field anyway. So. Well, he works IT in the daytime, if that's what you mean by an analyst. Sure. Yeah, sure. So... Uh well I mean I I was thinking guy in a cubicle yeah. yes very much a guy in the cubicle so uh and I've already spoken my piece about Scott Pilgrim I mean that movie just looked so damn good yeah uh boy Grimsburg Jesus now you know when you mentioned his name and then you started doing this it's like I'm thinking of that John Hamm commercial <laughs> yeah, where he's where Amazon he's like Plus. oh look you got yeah you got this <laughs> and he's just running through all of the Apple. It's oh, Apple, yeah. Okay. And the extended version of that commercial is ridiculous. It's, it's long. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a minute long. It's long, and it's really funny because he's still going to be doing this. I don't know, yeah. Grimsburg. I just, I love, I love Ham, and well, you know, family oriented something. That's actually kind of Hamish, but I, I want to see him doing other stuff. So I'm not compelled to want to see him doing this. I just, I. Came back to the United States from the Middle East and encountered Bloom County. <laughs> and so I was like, when I came back, uh, I'd left the States in 79. So it was like, you know, the liberal wave and, you know, America's progressing and woo And then I came back in the middle of the 80s and I'm like, what in the fuck happened? <laughs> Holy shitballs. Reagan. Right. And it was just like, wow. And so Bloom County was a wonderful. A wonderful, uh, uh, refreshing, just, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in being appalled at what the fuck is going on. <laughs> uh, scientific penguinism, you know, the works. Um, so uh, I, I'm really going to push on Bloom County because I just, I'd love yeah. to see the, you know, great pumpkin build a cat. <laughs> you know. It's Christmas, uh, Steve Dallas. 
you know, Merry Christmas, Steve. I, 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 yeah, Bloom County. All right. Well, running away with it is the Laundry Files. Which of these do you think are fake, Steve? Don't take forever. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh. Can we change his handle to Oh, boy, Steve? <laughs> I'm going to be in Quantum Leap. Um, I think the one we all, I think Laundry Files sounds the most... Like somebody, awesome! Somebody, yeah, somebody's <laughs> pushing our buttons and wants us to go for it. But so I think that's the fake one. But I'm hoping it's Grimsburg. <laughs> I hope it's Grimsburg too. So I'm just going to put my vote there. All right. But wait, wait. Did you? Where did you put your vote, Ben? Steve? Laundry files. Oh, okay, okay. I think I think laundry files <laughs> is a fake one. But I'm but I'm hoping it's Grimsburg. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Matt. I too am going to say laundry files. I think the monkeys are just writing to our likes, <laughs> trying to you know mold and us trying that to way. do better about not being ridiculous yes. and, and far fetched. And the last one sounds like something a, a stupid someone would greenlight it in Hollywood. Just sounds like yeah. oh, we got this idea. Oh, you got John Hamm? Sure, John let's Hamm. do it. Hey, you saw that Apple commercial? Let's put him in something. <laughs> that guy's hilarious. Oh, yeah, I yeah, feel so bad. Yeah, I feel so bad. You do too. Yeah, okay, John Hamm. <laughs> so that one's fake. Barry, laundry files. Sorry, it's fake. Grimsburg. <laughs> Sounds fake just because there's too many screwed up names. In no, that's, that's real then. <laughs> However, that's Laundry Files seems fake because it's it's too popular. It's too g- just good. Like, I I would be interested in watching that. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say both of those are fake. <gasps> oh, oh. That's not part of the game. Yeah, I don't no. think you get to choose two. Strategy. Wait, Wait, Let's see no. how it works for him. No, you said, you said one or more could be ah, fake. You right. say that in every one of your you openings. Oh, there's a bad one. For you. He there's also says we only that? get one Let's vote. Let's see what we got. We oh, get one I see. vote. Okay. okay, well, I'm going to vote for Grimsburg, but you know what I think. <laughs> It's the reverse of of my vote, Jeff. Uh, I gotta say, get out of my head, Steve, because you la- literally said exactly what I was thinking. So, uh, yeah, I I'm gonna say that Laundry Files is probably fake, even though I really hope that Grimsburg is the one that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kirsten. Grimsburg. Only a monkey toying with our hearts would. Put John Hamm in such an egregious situation. (laughs) And make me say all those names. There there is that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tom Baghdadi. Yeah, Baghdadi. Baghdadi. All right. The fake one this week is sent to us by asshole Gabe from Boston, and it is... Nope, it's Laundry Files. (laughs) Doggone it. You are an asshole, Gabe. (laughs) And that means Bloom County, Scott Pilgrim, and Grimsburg are in some form Grimsburg. of development. Well, two well, out of three ain't bad. There's a guy out there named Baghdadi. So, I can't believe that. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there are a few people named Baghdadi. Yeah. yeah. But Dude, there were some it, other names in Arab. there. It's like too many yeah. names for him to screw up, you know? It's like it is the perfect storm it, of garbage it's names. reading it, though. So but I mean, the good news is we're getting, into... we're getting Bloom County and Scott Pilgrim. So. Right. Scott Pilgrim was good as a movie movie, yeah, but as yeah. an anime, well, it's see. weird because ordinarily I'd be like, all right, you know, animated, we're going to be able to do more. We can do this. We can blah, blah. But I'm, they did really the, well with the film. The yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. It was. It just. The uh, actors did well with the characters. Oh, the whole thing was God. just good. The whole bit. And yeah. There was so much yep. about the movie and, that would just hit it. And who knows, you know, middle of a pandemic and it looks like we're going to war. So, yay. 
Yay world. Th- thanks for bringing us down, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck did that? What? Where yeah, did that re- come read from? Your, read your the breaking Ukraine news on your phone when we're no, recording. No, no, no. <laughs> I know what you're referring to. I'm, where did that come from? From animating Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying it's like a sliver, sliver of hope in an otherwise garbage, shitty world. In, in other words, Grimsburg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew what I was saying. <laughs> Apparently no one else does. Yeah. <laughs> they write themselves, folks. <laughs> and we want to thank our Kofi members, Tier 4 members, King Vault, Deb T, David Farrar, our Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martin and Glumly, and thank you, King Vald, for your one-off this week. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K, don't forget to take your Norwegian uh. education <laughs> accent classes. Boy, master I, class. Yeah, master class. I, ooh, master. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your Norwegian master. We're going to oh. get letters. Maple Leaf Mats. <laughs> Vlarg. With Professor Biggs. And Deb. <laughs> oh, wow. And the, the wars have begun. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. I can't believe we had a with and an and credit today. today. Oh, you wait. <laughs> wait till the feature. Also start. starring. <laughs> yes. I don't think I want second billing anymore. <laughs> <laughs>